You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's yeah. Grey Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Travis Cura, Brazilian Ty, the first round of the playoffs are in the books. But Ty, how is that? I don't know. Twenty-two hour drive home. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> what did you get? Five hours of sleep on the side of a mountain road in the in the blasting snow. <laughs> I w- I wouldn't call it sleep. Uh, I left Burns Lake at five twenty-two. I got to the Terry Fox Mountain pullout just, what is that, 10 kilometers south or 10 kilometers west of the Mount Robson Visitors uh, station or whatever. Like you're in the heart of the Rockies in a blizzard? Uh, Once I hit that Highway 5 junction and go to Valmont, you couldn't see lines (laughs) on the road. So I'm like, I got to find a place. I've been fortunate enough to grow up in prairie blizzards and prairie winters. Where if you hit the ditch, it's just a ditch. It's That's not true. the side of a mountain into the river. <laughs> Rockies, uh, snowstorms, they're yeah. a different animal, brother. <laughs> well, and then the plan was to drive through the night, get home at like 7, have a nap. And then get up and up, watch the get games? Get up at 11 and watch the games. Uh, I pulled into that rest stop at like 1230. I, I, I can't. This is stupid. I can't do this. Uh, slept on and off. I maybe got an hour total out of those five. I had a, I I took my own blanket to camp, so I was bringing it home anyway, and my own pillow. Linus. So I was lucky. I was lucky that way. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, but hey, it worked. Emergency. I didn't have to yeah. leave the truck run because did I stop for gas in McBride like I always do? No, because I'm an idiot. I stopped in Prince George. If I would have stopped in McBride, I would have left that truck run all night. <laughs> No, and then well, and then I get, I'm like, oh, once I get to the Alberta border, it'll be clear sailing. Jasper was worse. Oh, you you your entire drive was blizzard, I think, until I hit Edmonton, and then it was clear, and then it was okay. Wow, it took me a, a twelve and a half hour drive took me sixteen hours. I questioned your dedication straight to your face the other day. Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't even a drive by. It wasn't a ricochet. It was. <laughs> No subtweets. It was like just... don't. Sh- it was don't shoot till you see the white of his eyes. <laughs> and I think, uh, I think he's he's making it happen. Ty did what he needed to do to be here for the show, and I appreciate you for it, my man. Oh, is that what you appreciate about me? I do, I do. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Alberta Blue Cross understands that running a small business is tough, and they understand that business owners in Alberta are busy. So let Alberta Blue Cross give you peace of mind with a group benefit plan. They offer health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Alberta Blue Cross group benefit plans 
ads are easy to manage anywhere, anytime, and on any device, making it easy for you and for your employees to access. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. We start with the Eastern semifinal, where the Montreal Alouettes look to beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the playoffs for the first time since 1998. Or 96. The losing streak started in 98. What a remarkable playoff stat. And the Owls get off to a dynamite start. 28-17 was the final score. The Owls triumphing and punching their ticket to the East Final to play the Toronto Argonauts. But I think one of the coolest stories of the season has been Chandler Worthy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gets cast off by the Argos, and he had been a few times. He he was kind of linked to McLeod Bethel-Thompson. But the Owls picked him up, and what a great story he's been for the Alouettes on special teams. And they already had a dynamite returner in Mario Alford, and they ended up trading him to Saskatchewan because I guess Worthy was so good. And Alford, I know the Riders didn't make the playoffs, but he was a great addition to the Riders And Worthy got his chance or got the chance when Alfred was banged up and couldn't play. Yeah. They bring in Worthy at, I think at training camp or just before the season started. And he performs lights out where Mary Alfred becomes, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's tradable, expendable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and now they're, and you look at it and well, now they're it both gave, special gave, teams nominees, right? Which is crazy when you have Renee Paredes in the in the West. It's it is ridiculous. It is. Uh, but I mean, it gave the Riders a chance, yeah, to, to make a, to make the playoffs because that they were getting no help from anybody. It seemed whether it be O line Cody, yeah. the the OC, and it, Mary Alford was giving them that field position when he was able to get in the lineup. So, I mean, they kind of had a. They had an abundance of talent at, at that position, and Chandler, where they can, and so can Alfred. They can uh, pitch in on offense as well. And I mean, yeah, he had that big return today. Well, the that, reason that, I brought him up, up is because the game started with yeah. a forty-nine yard kick return from Worthy. It was actually his only kick return of the day. He did add ninety-four punt return yards, including a forty-seven mm-hmm. yarder. So he was big when it came to flipping the field position for the Alouettes here, especially early on and that early return ended up being massive because the game starts with a Montreal Alouettes touchdown and it didn't take them long uh they had obviously amazing uh field position starting at the 54 yard line and what we saw was something we hadn't seen all 2022 Touchdown Jake had 19 touchdowns over the past two seasons. In 2022, he only had two, but we're one week into the playoffs, and he's added another one, yeah. two big catches on that first drive. Yeah, I don't want to say rounding into form, but like we kind of wondered if something was up. I don't know if teams kind of focused on him. I don't know maybe if there was nagging injuries or whatever, but you know, it's it's a home playoff game. They they know that teams are going to be focusing on Geno Lewis because uh, he's been arguably the best receiver in the in the league this year. Yeah. It's been nuts. Uh, so there's going to be opportunities for him, and he, and he definitely contributed. I mean, he did have a touchdown, but to capitalize on that opportunity is huge. And, and just to even build confidence, didn't have a great year, touchdown-wise and stuff like that. But, you know, 
kind of like Hamilton was late in the year building up. They make their push. Jake Winicky can make that push too. And now you got two solid options and you got guys like, like uh, Julian Grant too. that. I mean, Trevor Harris doesn't have to throw the ball deep to these guys. They can, they can get the ball and make plays uh, close to the line of scrimmage. And Trevor Harris has kind of become the guy that will be steady Eddie and, I think you'd like to see him finish more drives. I th- that goes without saying. I'm sure the uh-huh. Alouette coaches would say that as well. But for the most part, he's really good at protecting the ball. And I know there was an interception here late in the first half and ended up going off of a receiver's hands. So it's not 100% on the quarterback in situations like that. Uh, but <laughs> touchdown Jake was big early on. Harris was looking his way on second down and then, Geno Lewis, the massive catch on the second drive of the game for the Alouettes. He had seven tar or eight targets, seven catches, ninety-eight yards. Two of the leading uh, target getters in the CFL were squaring off in this game, and yeah. Tim White and Geno Lewis were both making plays all over the field. But very early on, fourteen-three Montreal and. The Ticats offensive line was really struggling. We saw procedure penalties. We saw them letting get through to Dane and putting pressure on Mm -hmm. Dane. The the Owls defense did not have to worry about the run, even though the Ticats were never really so far out of it. They had to abandon it. Wes Hills had five They never establish it. No, no. And it was a costly, I think, mistake in this one. I don't. It's too late to do it now. Like I don't know. You can't completely change how you run your offense coming into a playoff game after doing it for twenty weeks or twenty-one weeks and eighteen games. That, that's that's a huge adjustment. That's got to be done in training camp, and yeah. you know, they have to commit to it there. You can't you can't do it in a week a week of practice. Mm-hmm. And so we knew they were setting themselves up for this. We knew, and and all the teams around the league know it. It's not like we're, you know. This isn't national treasure. We're not hiding. We're not keeping secrets. We're not writing them on the back of of placards and handing them to coaches. They all know. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually, teams are just going to figure out. Well, we just send four. We don't necessarily have to blitz. Safety will help over the top. And then when you do blitz, or you can disguise it. And Noel Thorpe, I mean. There was Forget a blitz it. late in the game that sealed the game yeah, for the, the Beverett the Beverett sack. Mm-hmm. Like when you have a guy like that and you're not going to run the ball, he's going to figure out a way. And and a lot of those sacks can be coverage sacks because you can have eight guys back. It was late in the first quarter where the Cats ended up second and twenty nine, and they end up hitting Tim White for a thirty yard gain. And they had it looked like some momentum, and it was critical because they were down fourteen to three. And then they get into a third and two situation, and they kick a twenty-three yard field goal. <laughs> I can see that smirk on your face, and I know you take the points on the road, and I know that's that's the smart way to play. But <laughs> the Owls had all of the momentum and i think if you're going to allow them to take over you know from their own 20 at that point in the game when you're making big plays and try to establish something but you're right they never really attempted to establish the run and we've seen well the rider game a broken record this is the last four yeah. seasons in hamilton yeah, when, when the Ticats beat the Riders earlier this season, Wes Hills had 25 carries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, 
and then he had 11 against Calgary. He had double digits the two weeks before that as well, and he had a six-yard average on the season. He had over six-yard average on his five carries in this game. The the Owls' defense, Amando Sewell, look, I know he's a baller, he's a veteran in the league, but when their main defensive tackle is getting to your quarterback twice, and Mike Moore had uh-huh. a sack, Chris Ackie had a sack, they were all over in Hamilton's backfield, and they didn't have to worry about looking for the run. And before the game, I was watching, or sorry, listening to TSN. <laughs> radio at this point. Yeah, yeah, radio. Uh, in the truck on the way home, and they were talking about like the depth that the O-line in Hamilton has and how guys, uh, oh, who is it? Revenberg is, is a backup today and all this. Oh, Van Zyl was. Or Van Zyl, sorry, was a backup. And it's like, yeah, they have all this depth at offensive line, but yet they're not keeping Dane upright. So where's the missing link here? What's what's happening? And Noel Thorpe going against that. I mean, I I know I just said it five five seconds ago, but I mean, it's, it's crazy how good of a DC he is. Especially when the right tackle, Colin Kelly, was struggling, and mm-hmm. that's where Van Zyl likes to play. I yep. mean, if he's not 100% and you don't want to get him into the game, then why dress at all? Why dress him? That's We'll that's, get into that in the BC Calgary game. <laughs> that's the big question. Now, uh, it was late in the first half. Hamilton ends up picking off Trevor Harris. Mm-hmm. They can't get anything done. Montreal gets it back, but they miss the field goal. Halftime, it's 22-6. to six. So if you're a math major, you know that the Owls only had a field, two field goals <laughs> the rest of the game here. So the Ticats defense stood up. They weren't able to get stops in the first half, but in the second half, the Ticats defense was also getting to Trevor Harris and those defensive tackles. Micah Johnson was in his face. Uh, Ted Laurent had a sack here. So they were putting pressure on Montreal, and they did their job for the Ticats offense, who made the switch at quarterback with Matthew Schiltz coming into the game. Was it too little too late? What what did you think? Uh, I don't know if too little too late. Maybe if Dane Evans would throw to somebody – other than Tim White, he, he threw two balls to West Hills and the rest of his passes. One other That's pass went to Stephen Dunbar, which was incomplete. And every other completion, there was only one wide receiver for Ham or one receiver for Hamilton that had a reception, and it was Tim White in the first half. A reception Wild. in the first half it was Tim White. Shields comes in and he's willing to spread the ball around, and they score right away. Uh, have you he looked did. at the drive? Yeah. Have you looked at the drive chart? For the cats, well, yeah. Let's pull it up right now. Field goal, punt, it's ugly. field goal, pick, punt, 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 TD, <laughs> punt, punt, field goal, pick, fumble, end of game. There it is. Pretty like, ugly. And they wouldn't shut up about how Dane Evans needs thrives in a platoon, or you know, likes to be pushed, needs that leadership. It's like if you're a starting quarterback, you're supposed to be the leader in the dressing room. That's your job. You're the field general. Yeah. You need to be in a leadership position. If you can't do that, you can't start. You should not be starting football games. You see that dive by Javon Santos Knox? <laughs> and the Oscar goes and too. Then, and then and then they did the right thing and gave him both penalties. Yeah, I'm so glad that that happened. Because, 
And people who bitch and moan say, well, if I, if I hook a guy, how can I, how can he dive? How can you get both? Because you literally can do both. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that being said, it was Lestage for Montreal who ended up mm-hmm. bumping uh, Santos Knox, but you don't really notice an offensive lineman, but he had a massive block in open field for the big Walter Fletcher touchdown. He was all over the place making field or making plays on that Alouette offensive line. <laughs> in the second half, there was the moment there where the Cats ended up forcing Montreal to, to punt, <laughs> but then they take the contacting the uh-huh. kicker penalty. And then they stuff Dominic Davis on third to short. So they ended up with better field position than if the punt stood. <laughs> I don't know how you don't punt that there. Yeah. And like everybody says, oh, it's only a yard. You should be able to get a yard. The defense is a yard off the ball. It's not like the defense has to stay a yard off the ball. I'm tired yeah. of this argument. Right. Like the minute the ball snap, the defense can move forward. <laughs> they can. <laughs> like it's allowed. It's a Breaking thing. Breaking news. It's not like the forward pass in the 20s. <laughs> I uh, wrote down to mention uh, Pickett uh, for the Alouettes. He was kind of all over the place. He had a kick return. He had a big special teams tackle. He added, I I think, five defensive tackles uh, to his name. So shout out to him. And I guess we, yeah, there was a Darius Pickle. Or (laughs) Pickett, sorry. I'm Pickle Rick. (laughs) Three tackles on special teams, uh, two defensive tackles. He led the Alouettes in tackles. Wow, yeah. He he was all over the place. Yeah. And then we mentioned the former Thai cat, Tyrese Beverett, who and you talked about the blitz. He had two mm-hmm. sacks in this one, including first and 15, 214 left, Hamilton's last hope, and Beverett was right up the middle. Blew, blew up that play. Yeah, like, he came he in did. untouched. He, he did. I don't know how that happened. He did. So I, I think if you're a Montreal fan, of course, you're excited to be going to the Eastern Final, but you do want to see that second half probably worries you a little bit from the offense. If you're Hamilton now, we got a lot of questions to address in this offseason, hosting the Grey Cup next year. And I, I feel like this is only a recent phenomenon where, where fans feel like teams need to sell the farm to mm-hmm. uh, be in the Grey this, Cup game. This isn't this isn't junior hockey. Yeah, I you want a more long term thing, and I know Saskatchewan did it in 2013, and maybe maybe it's a bit of a different conversation because Hamilton hasn't won a Grey Cup since the 90s. Yeah, they're in the position the Riders were in 2013. Because they do have a solid core of talent, I believe. They need to add some pieces here. Maybe they're very similar to the Riders now. There's some talent in Hamilton on the defense. There's some talent. Tim White, you can't deny Mm -hmm. his talent on offense. I think Wes Hills has a chance to rush for a 1,000 yards in the right offense if they'll give him the opportunity. But we saw the, you know, performance from the Hamilton offensive line today. Maybe they are kind of similar teams even now. <laughs> well, yeah, I, like I'm cheering for the Argos now, obviously, just to inflict as much pain <laughs> as possible. <laughs> but you saying that these two teams are very similar, once you start to think about it and you start spelling it out, it's like, oh, man, maybe <laughs> they, they are in more pain than we think. <laughs> Like, yeah, back-to-back great cups, great. You lose them both. You had a chance to win this last one. It went to overtime. 
the first one you weren't in, really. You got boat raced, but like it, they've become that just because it was only two years and they were good again. We're not good again, but in the playoffs again, they almost feel like perennial contenders. Right, right. right? And and you have the likes of a delicate coming back. Laurent's there. He had another great game. Like yep. that guy is a Houser, great player. Yeah. Uh, Simone Lawrence, like they're keeping core guys. They pick one between Dane and Jeremiah. They had to pick one. Yep. Don't know which one's going to be the right one until you put him in that situation. Turns out maybe Dane's not the guy. We don't know. See what happens with that. Bo's available. <laughs> but. Like I mean, then you look at the riders. Like they have, they keep Shaq. Uh, you know, guys like Dan Clark, Fajardo sticks around. Uh, Mike Adam comes back. Didn't have a great year, but I mean, they're keeping court. They're keeping a core yeah. group of players together, and they're not winning. Mm-hmm. And this year was they were kind of mirror images on themselves, where it just seemed like rider fans would bitch about Jason Moss. Tiger Cat fans exactly. with Tommy Condell is like, oh my god, what is happening right there now? There were some decisions by Steinauer that are getting yep. questioned. It's, I don't know. Every man. every time every time Dickie's shown on the camera, he looks like he's lost. <laughs> yeah. So fans are like, what is he doing? What is happening right now? <laughs> Montreal had the ball for thirty three minutes and twenty three seconds, and. Look, Stanback had over six and a half yards of carry. Fletcher had. 11 yards of carry, 77 yards rushing. When you're able to rush like that, you're going to control the clock. And I know Harris is not uh, pushing the ball downfield all that often. When they do, Geno Lewis is pretty reliable when it comes to that. Had a 33-yard completion there. Harris, 27 of 34, 243 yards, a touchdown and a pick. It was enough to win the game. And you talk about Hamilton... (laughs) Bow available in the offseason, man, it's... Bajardo, probably. Yeah, there are a lot of questions that are going to be happening here. Now, Michael Walker has been emailing the show throughout the season with poems for Al Bradbury (laughs) or great questions, you know, throughout uh, the season. And today, he's got a question for each game. So we'll just do the East Semi one. He goes... Are the Ticats the perfect example of the old saying, if you have two starting quarterbacks, you don't have a starting quarterback? I feel like I've said that this year. Yeah, I do too. Or not this year, but last year, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, having that insurance policy, if something does go down, like for an injury, whatever, it's great. But when you're platooning them, then yeah, you don't have one. He also goes, uh, how excited are you for the big Jordan Davis, Tyler Hubbard, and Josh Ross Grey Cup, Josh Ross Grey Cup halftime show? Uh, the announcement was made on a Friday uh, after 7 o'clock Eastern, so it does seem, to me, it's they obvious. burying it. It wasn't the original no. choice. But, I mean, young talent, like, couple of those guys are in the nine figures uh, streaming on Spotify. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like they are throwaway guys. And, I mean, the fact that you're able to get 
three, I think, pretty good talents in country music. It'll be exciting. I just think we don't right, need one of them's to... Canadian, so people can stop bitching. Yeah, and maybe we don't need to go attacking artists if they get the no, biggest. No, it's, uh, it's not their fault. One of the biggest gigs of their. It's like when a guy like Michael Riley gets offered, you know, seven hundred k. Sean Horkoff gets offered that five and a half million dollar yeah. contract, and other fans get mad at him. Like, you say no, to? no, no. I'm only worth two. Like, <laughs> shut. <laughs> Ah, yeah, no, I I don't want that gig. About management, complain about the front office. I'm complaining about the player. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't want that player is Mitch Marner. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about the West Semi here. BC Lions, thirty thousand people there, and they beat the Calgary Stampeders thirty to sixteen. Now, I uh, addressing guys. Okay, what did you want to talk about regarding addressing guys there? How do you wait that long to put Bo into this game? Like, yeah. yes, if you want Jake Mayer to be your starting quarterback, then he should be playing the whole thing. But when you have Bo, it's a it's win or go home. Why wouldn't you play that card earlier mm-hmm. before you're down two scores late in the fourth? It was a giant, giant. Uh conversation there and when he when he came in he looked great uh, he looked pissed off he did he, he almost looked Which like he didn't care a little bit yeah. but the throws he was making to me it looks like Bo still got it it was it's like it's like hitting shanks on the range and then you step up to the first team it's like this today's gonna <laughs> suck and then you pipe one down the middle it's like oh this game's easy and then you shoot at 130 yeah <laughs> so let, let's face it, the, the Calgary offense couldn't get anything going. And, mm-hmm. and in the first half, they well, were... Well, I know Peyton Logan. Yeah. So that's that's another thing. The, the smaller rosters in the CFL, you need to make some hard decisions. Malik Henry gets in, but now they want Mills and Carey. But they got those guys going, and, and they I, never really established them. No. I mean, you can't argue about getting Malik Henry no, back to the lineup today. No. 7 of 10 for 119. Yeah. He, it, he was lights out today. They were uh, going to him early and often, too. But yeah. Yeah. Kadeem gets eight carries. Diedrich gets two. Uh, you know, five targets. It, it wasn't enough to them. The, the no. leading rushers and, and it's, in and the it's, CFL. And BC didn't go up by two scores no or three or up by 17 go up by three scores to where they couldn't run the ball you have Kadeem carry feeding the rock mm-hmm. we talk about how he's arguably one of the best running backs in the league then they give him eight carries yeah like let I him know. get going it's the same thing with William Stanback. they talked about in pregame the the more you give him the ball the better he gets the defense yeah. gets worn down he gets a sweat on and he wants to keep going no same thing I think if the Lions make it to the Grey Cup, it would be remarkable. But I, I still feel, you remember when the Bombers beat the Stamps in 2019 in the West Semi? The Bombers were better built for the cold. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were better built than the Stamps. I think they, now... They had a bad weather back. Yeah. And and now I, I just think the Stamps are better built for the cold than the Lions. Well, and playing indoors yeah. in home games makes a big difference. So, I know half, half your schedule is outdoor in the CFL anyway if yeah. you're BC, but still. 
obviously you still got to we got to play and we we got to yeah. see what happens there but i think calgary had a real opportunity here and jake mayer goes 12 of 22 138 yards i mean of course he didn't turn the ball over but just couldn't get it done and i thought there was some strange discipline problems there mike rose he goes offside on the third and short you know what they're trying to you had do one job you could just walked Sit to down. the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just sit down. Yeah. Like T-ball. <laughs> Start picking. Like, <laughs> you know they're not snapping that ball. Yeah. Well, they didn't snap the ball, and Rose goes offside, and there ended up being that horse collar roughing the passer. So it was just some undisciplined stuff that mm-hmm. we're and not really going to people are going to complain about that horse collar. <sighs> It, it's, it's, inside the jersey. it's inside I mean, the jersey. It's inside the jersey, man. That's all it needs to book, be. It's just, it's like as he was wrapped up, he had a little tug, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those. But then you start bringing that things. in. Where do you, where do you draw the line on it? You can't, right? I know. I know. The the, the stamps did force a James Butler fumble. Mm-hmm. Um, and Butler, he's not playing 100% out there. And they still, still had 20 carries. Exactly. Still giving him 20 carries because, I mean, they want to protect their star quarterback. And, hey, mm-hmm. Nathan Rourke, he, we, the foot's sore. He's oh. elevating it on the sideline every time. He's, he's when he's getting hit, he's making sure that he kicks it out. Yeah. Like, they mentioned that. And then once you start watching for it, it's like, man, that's not natural. Like I just feel like that's going to make it worse. It's going to get caught. Mm-hmm. Like, in a in a in a more awkward position than it would be if he just went down with it. So the fact that he was still able to throw for 321 yards mm-hmm. is is pretty wild. Now of course he does have those receivers that if you just throw in their vicinity yeah. they're going to make it happen. I mean even the touchdown throw to Alexander Hollins who has been a late addition to the Lions roster late in the season. He's made plays. Mm-hmm. Lucky Whitehead not playing. Hollins gets in wide open in the end zone, but Rourke still had to stand in there and take the hit yeah. and complete the throw. Take, take the hit to make the play. Good Canadian kid. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, he knows it's playoffs. He yep. knows it's on the line. He's taking the hits, but he's hurting, and uh, I think oh, we know yeah. it. Well, I, I I don't think anybody's coming into you know a, a division semi to hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fact that we know exactly what his injury is and the process that he's been through with surgery and rehab and all that stuff, it just it also shows like the respect on the other side of the ball. Players aren't trying to roll up on him. Yeah. Players yeah. aren't you know, taking dives at them because they know that they're, they're going to get penalized for it, but they don't want to end a kid's career. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Garrett Marino. <laughs> but yeah, like he's not hundred percent. He still does this. Like he was, he was, he took off a couple times. He looked, he looked good while he was running. And I think that's adrenaline and all that stuff. And then once you stop and the blood kind of, your heart rate kind of slows down for a bit while you're on the bench, that it probably gets really freaking sore real fast. Everything is hindsight 2020, and I know I mentioned, you know, that uh, maybe the Ticats should have went for it, but there were opportunities where maybe the Stamps should have taken the points. Or if they, they take the points yeah. when they could have, it would have been 29-22. Yeah. Or no, 20, 27-22. Yeah. And th- there were points where they were getting a little too cute. Yeah. Um, 
where the, the, it was third and two and they tried the wide run to Malik Henry and BC read it like a book, but you got Tommy third, Stevens. Third and two and he, and they try to throw that little dump off pass over the middle. Yeah. It's like, and it's two yards too far. It's like, don't try to reinvent the wheel here. Guys. No. Tommy Stevens, he's almost an automatic. And I know it was two yards, but you've got the leading running back in the league, one of the best offensive yeah. lines in the league. And they were just, I think, getting a little too cute at times here. And uh, Maybe worried that BC had maybe been like, well, they know we have this. They're yeah. going to be geared that, up for it. Yep. I, maybe you try to play, use that as a weakness, like using your opponent's aggression against them, but it didn't work out. They might have had a worked uh, out for uh, Antonio Pipkin though. <laughs> well, get they might have even had a stop in the first drive of the game for BC pass interference on Moxie, and I mean there you go. That's uh, yeah. three points right into field goal range for the Lions. Hey, you're right. Now at the end of the first half, the, the stamps hit work twice. There's two sacks, and I'm thinking this this isn't <laughs> even close to over. Yeah. The, the the stamps are going to be coming in this the This is 2019 for Mike Riley all over again. <laughs> it was 13 uh, 6 and half for the Lions. And what a play that was. Short yardage, Antonio Pipkin. He drops back to pass. Talk about a guy who, had, who was under pressure as well. And Calgary oh, read it. Wide open. Yeah, they did. Like, wide nuts. open. And, and two, like you look at the time left on the clock, their field position, they're not it's not gonna kill them if they don't make this. Yep, yep. Like it's the right time to do it. Yep. And it happened on Hatcher. And it worked out. Yep. What a beautiful touchdown pass there if you're a BC Lions fan. And shout out to Keon Hatcher, I think, overall, who has a great game here, to say the least. Eight catches, yeah. one hundred and sixty-two yards, and that big touchdown what what a performance from hatcher and now it's right about this time where bo comes into the game and it was 20 to 6 nothing going for the Calgary rider fans offense. are all horned up now <laughs> after that first after his first drive so there's about 11 minutes left in the game here and the stamps are starting at their own 12 and the drive ended up in a field goal but man they drove all the way down the field and we saw Bo hit Malik Henry for a 30 yard uh, 32 yard completion and he's just throwing them right in there he hit Henry later on Yep, for another 30-yard completion. Those Malik Henry catches were ridiculous. And they the were. Luther one was real good, too. Like yeah. His yeah. receivers made plays as well. Let's not forget that. But, I mean, Bo, yep. like you said, Bo came in. And I, it's not his, he's not going to lose his job. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> I I was – all of a sudden, I'm like, what if are Bo they gonna bring Bo? Are they going to bring Bo back? Like what if, if he, he if he go if he gets them to the West Final, who do they start? They'd have to start him. Okay, so they start Bo. They beat Winnipeg. Go to the Grey Cup. Bo is obviously going to start the Grey Cup. He wins another Grey Cup. What do you do? Are you trading Jake Mayer at this point? <laughs> like just imagine. Like they were, they did they, they would have done it to themselves. Yeah. 
That would have been, I think, one of the most incredible storylines in CFL history. <laughs> what a way for Huff to go out if that if that yeah. would have been yeah. if that would have happened and, and it is Huff's last year, it would have been unreal. Your quarterback wins the Grey Cup, the contract's given to the backup, and you let him walk. Like that that would have been And he goes he goes like two hours north, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Been wild. Now, yeah, twenty to nine BC at no, that. But Travis, point. answer the question. Oh, to Edmonton? You, no, no, no. Oh, Bo wins you that. Bo comes in, wins this game, beats Winnipeg next week, wins the Great Cup. What are you doing? I think, I think at that point, Bo is like, I told you so, and he's gone. Bo is Lanny McDonald. Oh, that would be crazy. That would be absolutely well. I, I, it, I let it him didn't walk. happen, but no. But I, I would let him walk. And be like, thanks for the great cups, but I mean, I think that's what would we signed happen. Jake for less than what you're going to want. So I know, yeah, that's what would have happened. Would have, been, would have been just so such a great story, though. Yeah, it would have been. Now. It's eight minutes left in the game, 20 to nine for the Lions here. The Stamps just had a really nice drive there, but huh, the Lions come in here, I think, with a signature drive, and uh-huh. Calgary had no answer. They needed the stop, they couldn't get it. Butler was given the ball. Nathan Rourke hit Hollins. He's, he's throwing it into these tight windows. And then the catch from Brian Burnham returning to the roster, doing what Brian Burnham has always done throughout his CFL career, making an absolutely ridiculous highlight catch and Rourke throwing it only where Burnham could get it. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful play. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Put, put the stamps away, basically. Yeah, that, that was the final nail in the coffin. I mean, Calgary comes back down 58 yards in eight plays and scores that touchdown. Uh, Tommy yeah, Stevens they do have a touchdown next, but yeah. But I mean, it was to, it was too little, too late. Like, yep. It was. I think that that was just demoralizing. It's like they needed a stop. A stop gives them that chance. Uh, they go down, get that touchdown, and the the short kick. I'm not calling them onside kicks anymore because <laughs> they're all onside. Kickers. They're all onside kick uh, on kickoffs. Yeah. So yeah, and, and, I mean, it's a lot that has to go right. For Calgary yeah, at that point, so I think, yeah, there's a chance, but you know that chance is so small that it just you just kind of on the sideline like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now BC is uh, going to Winnipeg for. Oh, the, I missed the commercial. Uh, it was a great commercial for the Western Final. Now Rourke is probably going to have a sore foot pretty bad when you're listening to the show. James Butler is going to be banged up. But they might be able to bring Lucky Whitehead back onto the roster. Who are you taking out? Well, it's probably Hollins. Even though he had a nice game and he had a touchdown, he's had a nice run here. He has five catches, seventy-three yards. Broke, don't fix it. I I just love last year in the snow, the Western (laughs) Final in Winnipeg. Lucky Whitehead, the Winnipeg Duke, and now. He could be playing in that Western yeah. final in Winnipeg for the Lions. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm going to have my popcorn ready for that one, but questions need to be answered for the Calgary Stampeders. I think we know Bo's gone. We know mm-hmm. that. Now, there were words that came out this week that this might be John Huffnagel's last game as the general manager of the Calgary Stampeders. Yep. 
Danny Austin of the Calgary Sun, the morning of the West semifinal, says this could be the last season that Calgary Sports and Entertainment owns the Calgary Stampeders. So, Pardon? Yes, there is a lot of things that are going to be happening in Calgary in this offseason. And it's you know what's not going to happen? A new stadium. That's true. I can we can almost guarantee that one. <laughs> and the thing with new ownership, I wonder if that makes a new facility for the stamps even further into the distance. Yeah, it's pretty hard to come in right away and want yeah. to, and and want to spend that money, spend that capital to get it to get a new stadium, unless you're like. Daryl Cades, who money that he doesn't even know what to do with, or you know the guys that own the Nets and the and the Islanders and stuff like that. But yeah, I think that I don't know. If, I think it definitely puts a big delay in it. Let's be honest; like they do need a new stadium. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one. Like we got lucky at Grey Cup; we were really close to the one door bathroom. Was there? It wasn't very busy. We were in and out real real quick. But you can get in spots. I was there for Heritage Classic. Oh, it was awful. It was the worst experience I've ever had mm-hmm. until we went to Winnipeg. <laughs> that was a rough Grey Cup. Oh, uh, Dwayne Johnson test. is is Dwayne Johnson available? Cut from the Calgary Stampeders later buys them. <laughs> but we've got a few. Interesting- Would that be a conflict of interest, though? Because he <laughs> owns the XFL. We've got a couple interesting ownership situations going on right now. Uh-huh. Look, MLSE has unlimited money, but I think it's clear they're not really interested in the Argos. Uh, no, they they switched. They did they did that as a PR. Like, oh, look, we're helping. Yeah, it's like but, me holding a flashlight for my dad, and he's still not back. Here's a question: Like, if they don't own the Argos anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so used to them. (laughs) (laughs) If they don't know the Argos, are they allowed to play at BMO anymore? I'm not convinced that they would be. Well, they'd have to pay rent. Yeah. So there's that. And they're not, not, the Jays are not going to let them play it. No. Rogers. No. I don't know where you go. The Calgary, we'll see what happens there. Our city stadium, I guess, go play at U of T. Yeah. And then uh, Montreal. Probably get as many fans. <laughs> we, we thought that Montreal was solid, but then the estate thing and yeah, yeah. So we really don't know what's going to be going on. But, it's going to be. That, a, they talked about today, like they're not up for sale. It's not, yeah, yeah. They want to get yeah. it figured out, and then you know they'll get they'll right. get it solidified and figured out. It's just uh, the the situation right now. Like, not the actual ownership of the team isn't the issue. It's within that group. So, I mean, I don't think it's anything to worry about. And then you have ownership like in BC right now. Exactly. He's knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Now, and I, the way that they were uh, busing people in from Kamloops, Hope, Merritt, and they, and they had tickets. Especially today. Yeah. No kidding. There there were probably people that said, I'm good. I would Um, not have been on that bus. There, there were ticket pack packages for people that live on the island. And I know mm-hmm. morning sailings, there was some dicey weather. So those were canceled too. To still have over 30,000 yeah. people in BC Place, it can be done. 
This oh, is yeah. a great atmosphere, a great You've got to have an ownership league. group who's willing to do something about it. Yeah. Vancouver cannot be your only draw. No, no, no. Like Stephen Carey in Prince George. They're eight hours to Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like that's their closest team. Then yeah, they're Ryder fans, but yeah, <laughs> like if anybody in Prince George, yeah, I'm a BC Lions fan. How do you get to a game? Like going to a game is a is a four day thing for you. It's not and you're cheap. calling them the BC Lions, not the Vancouver yeah. Lions, and Doman right? realizes that. Yeah, and he's making it more accessible. And yeah, sure, you got forty thousand tickets sold. Yeah, they're not all going to be two hundred dollar tickets like they were talking about. Like some of the packages were hundred bucks or fifty bucks. Like. Yeah, get the butts in the seats and, and make it affordable. And people yeah. will bring their kids and and bring friends and, and get butts in the seats. Mm-hmm. There you go. We've got the division finals set. It's Argos, Al's, Bombers, Lions. I, I mean, it, we could. It could still basically be a rematch. <laughs> because as Brown Ty likes to say. Hamilton is Toronto. <laughs> Anything west of Atacokan is Toronto, right? <laughs> or east of Atacokan, I should say. <laughs> this episode of Two It Out brought to you by Taproot Edmonton. If you want to get a handle of on Edmonton's growing innovation scene, take a listen to Bloom, Taproot's newest podcast. Each week, host Karen Unland and Faiza Ramji will discuss the latest developments in efforts to solve new problems and diversify the economy. Find out who has invented what, who is inventing, investing in whom, and what is on the horizon. Find Bloom wherever you listen to podcasts or visit bloom.taprootedmonton.ca. Ty, overall, how did you feel about semifinal uh, Sunday? Did we get our question in from the email for the West semi? Not yet, not yet. How loud did you squeal when Bo Levi went in? But seriously, did he do anything to make the Stampeders' choice difficult? He basically moved the ball between the 20s at a time when BC was playing soft to avoid giving up a big play. That's a solid. There, There is that 100%. But I I think the money's invested in Mayer. The the Mayer has signed his extension. They're not going to pay Bo the same amount or, you know, more than Jake Mayer now. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that decision was made when they weren't bringing Bo in in regular season games. Yeah, yeah. We had good officiating, big plays all over the field in both games, and now uh, we're moving on to the prairies. It could be about minus 10, minus 15 in Winnipeg. Tonight in Red Deer, I think we're getting down to minus 20. Oh, you might have to open the windows and let some of that cold air in. (laughs) Cheapskate, the old farmer AC. Oh yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Like during the winter, I save so much. Oh yeah, to me, it's you crazy. can't put a price on air conditioning though. <laughs> no, I if my air conditioner costs four hundred, like when I'll I'm I'll pay home. more than my mortgage a month. Yeah, to cool it. Because why would I pay my mortgage and not pay AC and then hate being in my house? <laughs> Does that make any sense? Exactly. My PlayStation and my projector run hot. The AC's oh. got to go in the summer. <laughs> Especially when it's running, you know, 12 to 13 hours a day. Then, Well, uh, the nice part is with the nest, like I can turn it off when I go to work and then oh, yeah, I can yeah. start cooling it down like the yeah. two days before I yeah. come back. So I don't yeah. have to, it's not like 33 degrees when I walk in the house. 
<laughs> as of right now, Brazilian Thai will be on back to back episodes. As back we to back to back to back. As long as I don't hit the ditch on the way back to camp. <laughs> The band is back together. We are on a mission from God for the Great Cup playoffs, baby. <laughs> 300 miles to Chicago. It's dark out when we're wearing sunglasses. Rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. You can like, comment, leave a review, and whatever you do on YouTube. And leave it. Simone alone. Yeah, especially if you're a Steve. Ryder fan. It's a bad luck, man. Bad, yeah. bad luck. We'll talk to you on Friday, getting you ready for the division finals. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.